Welcome to Real Time, a podcast for realtors brought to you by CREA, the Canadian Real Estate Association, where we're all about sparking conversations with inspiring people about all things Canadian real estate and topics that impact realtors and all of us. I'm your host, Erin Davis, and this is going to be an enlightening, uplifting, and fun edition, this episode 13 of Real Time. As we spend more time at home than we ever have before, what can we learn about the relationship between our homes and our well-being? Are there changes we can make to support our physical and mental health without sacrificing resale value? And what's the best approach to beautifying our homes on a budget? All good questions, and we have just the guests to answer them. Tiffany Pratt is known as the Queen of Color, and can't we all use a little of that in our lives right now? She is a spark with a passion for interior, commercial, and product design, writing, painting, and, lucky for us, speaking. You can see Tiffany Pratt on HGTV on Home to Win and Buy It, Fix It, Sell It. And she's with us here today on Real Time. Well, what a treat to have you on Real Time and also to learn that you kind of got your start with realtors, Tiffany. Tell us about that. You know, it was when I moved to Toronto, um, I had closed my art studio and I was just a creative woman on the loose doing all sorts of wild creative jobs and a local agent came up to me in a panic because his stager had quit on the job. And he said, I think you can make a room look pretty, right? You can you can do that. And I said, "I, yeah, sure. Why not? And so I started to home stage uh, without any formal training for interior design. And I tell anybody who wants a career in interior design, become a home stager because you truly learn on the fly. You have a certain amount of time. You work with lots of different houses, different configurations, ages, and you really learn um, what moves on the market. It, it was a really valuable experience for me. Well, that's terrific because that synergy is going to come in great over the next little while as we talk here today. Tiffany, how significant is the link between our living spaces and our physical and mental well-being, which are just so important now more than ever? They're intrinsically linked with one another, in my opinion. Having worked with homes the way I have for as long as I have and the quantity that I have, I can't see a difference between the person, their choices, how they want to live, and the four walls that they choose to live them in. And all the decisions that we make in that process, not just on the home itself, but within the home, really make our lives. And that is our wellness effectively. And so we're just going to dig into and tear apart all of the choices that we make and maybe some different little tweaks and twists we can do to our existing four walls to make ourselves feel better. And that really lays the groundwork for what we're talking about today, because you have a saying that everything is everything. It's all interwoven. That's right. I I cannot, as a creative person, when you think of everything a human life touches, if it's your home, if it's you know the pets that you choose, the people you surround yourself with, the way that you write, the colors you choose, the car you drive, how you activate yourself in the world is all an expression of the life that you want to lead. And when we go to bed, we're closing our eyes on that life and, and within these four walls that we've chosen. And so what those four walls can do is serve us and keep us strong to do the service we're supposed to do. So everything really is everything. 
Now, a lot of us have these creative sparks and ideas, but we're held back by fear that what we want to do to, say, promote wellness might sacrifice the resale value of our home. How do you change that mindset so that we live in the now and where we are, literally and metaphorically, Tiffany? Erin, you just said it perfectly. You live in the now. We're always living for that future, what if, when I sell, when I don't want to live here anymore, when I live somewhere else, or when I knock out this wall, or when this kitchen's redone. We all live in the what ifs. And as a designer, I've explored, you know, tearing homes down to putting a little lipstick on a pig. And (laughs) in the end, it's really not about the future. It's about creating joy, happiness, and well-being in this moment. And there are so many ways to do it. And uh, even if these changes that we make to bring our own joy to the present moment are temporary, it's essential because to feel happy right now is way better than thinking of a future renovation or alternative place to live. So we're going to dig into why it's important that obviously we don't taint any resale value of the home, but certainly we don't want to devalue joy now. Well, let's look at the shades of the lipstick on that pig, so to speak. (laughs) As, As the queen of color, what can you tell us, Tiffany, about incorporating color and specific palettes to improve our mood? I mean, we've all heard the tropes about this color does this and this color does that. So what can we use to improve our mood, whether it's to calm us or to inspire us? You know, I don't know who coined me the queen of color all so many years ago, but I now hold that as a very, very important factor in my work. And I always tell people that, you know, we live in a culture that's very color cautious. And so to be the queen of color is sometimes very difficult because I'm teaching people a language that they're scared to speak. But in the end, we all have a palette. We all have a color or colors that make us feel a certain way. And effectively, our homes should make us feel something. It's not about the way something may look to an external party so much as the way that something makes us feel. And everyone looks at color in a different way because their retinas, the way that they're made, they all transmute, look at, and understand color in their own private way. So my job as a designer and the queen of color, Mm -hmm. is to really, really, really um, invite people to be who they really are. To invite color into their life, not to be different for the sake of being different, but to invite color into their life because it adds to their life energy and it makes them feel more like themselves. So um, I don't really subscribe to, you know, common culture, blue calms us because it reminds us of the water or I think that everyone looks at color very privately because of the way that history has made them with experiences or childhood memories and really uncovering what people love and what colors sing to them sometimes takes a little bit of investigation like what color is your cell phone case and what color is your underwear and what's your favorite lipstick color and what colors are you drawn to Um, and when you really investigate you know in your grayish monochromatic world what you really love sometimes it's not just black white and gray sometimes it's 
you know, it could be lime green. So I implore people to really start to become an investigator to their choices and look at color not as something that's scary, but as something that could really give something to their life. And make us happy. Like your color is pink, right? My color without question is pink. If you look at my website, if you're on my Instagram, you will 100% my hair is pink. Um, I can't put pink on enough surfaces. It's my happy color and it always has. And I'm unabashed with my just constant use for it in every shade it comes in. But not everyone's like me. But in the end, I know that color, pink and the rainbow, give me joy. And for me, I know I have one precious life and I want to do as many things as I can do to bring joy. And that one of the most powerful ways of doing it to me is through the use of color. Coming up, Tiffany Pratt and feeling colors and how to put them to work for you. Immerse yourself in a world of colorful content covering all of your clients' house and home needs just by visiting Realtor.ca. From informative articles on key market updates to fun design trends, Realtor.ca Living Room has it all. Now, back to Tiffany Pratt. Told you she was fun. Do you feel that colors have energies? Is there healing energy in color, Tiffany? 100%. I'm not going to get all historical on you right now, Erin, but we know that in the past, color wasn't used as aesthetic. Color was used as uh, a message we were sending to the universe, the gods or the powers that be, of what it is that that color represents that we want to draw into our lives. And then, you know, you fast forward into families of affluence in the 1800s who had a family crest and family colors and they would decorate their homes and dress in these colors because it meant something to their heritage to their family so color wasn't about aesthetic and being different or something to be scared of you celebrated those colors because you were drawing in what they represented and what you wanted for your life so if you look at color in that context You can understand that it really does add healing energy. If you were to put yourself in front of an ever-changing colored light and you watch those colors shift in front of your eyes, you can honestly feel your emotions change based off of the colors that your eye is registering at that moment. And I challenge anyone out there just to get a Pantone index and flip through it and not feel something. Hmm. If someone doesn't have access to a color conduit or even a medium in a way that you are, of course, what is the best exercise that you could recommend uh, other than flipping through the Pantone or sitting in front of a, a changing color spectrum? Do you just take a look around and say, okay, I love that red piece there or aqua makes me happy or there's that bit of yellow what's a good exercise that we could do just in our own homes you could go through old photos of travel pictures that maybe you've blown up and a picture that really resonates with you and why you know sometimes it could be that blue when you were in greece or it could be uh you know you're in some vineyard and all the green and the grapes or you can think of pictures of places you've been or Things you've collected. People often collect things in colors that they like, but they don't think to decorate or design in those colors. Um, You can be an investigator 
of your own life. Because often everything that we're choosing is very subconscious. Uh, we're, we're working on that very deep, you know, connective layer when we're purchasing something, especially if we're far away. We're just trying to bring something home with us that makes us think of a happier time. Or we've kept something from when we were a child. Or we always seem to be buying the same thing that is in this color. Or, um, you know, the sun is setting, the sun is rising, and it makes us feel a certain way. When we get really quiet, quite microscopic with how we look at the world and why we feel what we feel, color is attached to those experiences and those are clues. Okay, the queen of color has us talking about changing the color of where we live to reflect and to imbue us with different energies in our lives. What if somebody's going, yeah, but I don't know. I'm not sure about painting my whole kitchen, say, green, for example. We can dip our toes in this, can't we, Tiffany? Well, I am also a designer, and I want us to make wise purchases. So if we're dealing with, you know, a color, a cautious person, not someone that's as color confident that would be so willing to spend big bucks to paint their kitchen green, I am a huge proponent for white on white on white because there is so much color possibility when you frost colors on top of a fresh white space. You know, having worked in real estate, having, you know, staged plenty of homes, I know the power of a clean slate, the tabula rasa of a white space. But when you frost in accessories, pillows, carpets, art, or even those hue bulbs that you can change the color of in your lamps that therefore can change the color of the room, you know, you are... You've got a fresh white space. You've invested in flooring and a kitchen and big things in a fresh white that will effectively go with everything. But it's the color touches for the more color conscious people that really can put those um, feelings in a room without feeling like you're investing a lot of money or energy in a color you're not so sure of. But color collecting takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something that we discover through you know, slow entry with certain objects and we let them live with us. And then effectively they start to find friends and buddies that they want to work with. Mm -hmm. And those friends and buddies can come in other colors. And then before we know it, you know, we have a bit of a technicolor dream all of our own. I love that because, you know, a lot of people are cost conscious now more than ever. So it can be just the accessories that it's not going to break either your heart or your bank if you decide, no, that didn't work. That's not for me. Let's, you know, send that off for someone else to love. Yeah, I mean, with color, certainly the most, you know, inexpensive way to add color to a space is by paint. But, you know, I don't always subscribe to colors on walls because that's quite a commitment in some cases and it does divide a space or a room. So if you paint a piece of furniture, if you paint a ceiling, if you paint uh, an object in a room, you really could be adding that color in a fun, interesting way. And then to repaint the ceiling or to move that piece of furniture or whatever it is, isn't a big deal. You could gift it to a friend or send it off to Habitat for Humanity when you want to shift your shade. So there are lots of inexpensive, interesting ways to bring color into our life without feeling like we've done it. And this is also something that people often do, which is they go to, you know, air quote, decorate their space, and then they'll do it once and think, this is it forever. Right. And that's not always the case. You know, it's an ever evolving conversation you're having with your, your home and your four walls, and it's changing just as you are. 
If you're enjoying our chat with Queen of Color Tiffany Pratt, oh, and we have a new nickname for her in a sec, while also talking creating cozy through textures, art, and light, why not do a deeper dive? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for monthly episodes with guests such as TV icon Sarah Richardson, award-winning author Jesse Thistle, Canadian ad and marketing guru Terry O'Reilly, and many more. Back to Real Time Now with Tiffany Pratt. Well, if you ever get tired of the moniker Queen of Color, Shade Shifter is also a pretty good one, I think. Not a shape shifter, a shade shifter. And let's talk to Tiffany about textures. We've talked about color so far and accessories. What about textures to help us? Textures are essential to coziness and to that feeling of home. I think when we think of the word home, we think of something that envelops us like a hug. Right. And so texture often gives us that hug-like feeling. And textures can come in many formats. So we're talking about the ever popular fabric choice that we're using. I love using natural fibers and linens, things that can be washed and things that are, you know, functional for an everyday home. But you can do something a little bit more elaborate for throw pillows. Um, I always like doing double wide draperies to really help with sound and trapping in heat or cold. Um, I'm a big, big fan of art, wallpaper, how we're layering in those textures in our life really create those cozy elements. But then, you know, the icing on the cake is always the little things. By human nature, we're all effectively, for the most part, collectors. (laughs) So if it's that collection of something we've inherited from our family, or if we just love collecting old National Geographic, whatever it is, those collections, if, you know, styled in mass can really add to that coziness as well. Yeah, and you mentioned art there rather in passing, but as an artist, of course, you know more than anyone just how great the energy is to bring something into your home, whether it's a small ceramic piece or a painting or a mosaic, whatever, that has been made by someone's two hands and has their whole self in it. There's nothing that's more powerful than that. Erin, you are bang on. You know, I, I worked with children. I've painted my whole life. I've worked with artists of all kinds. And to this day, I still support the arts here in Toronto. And it's because artists are special humans that spend their days making beautiful things. And when you connect to something that an artist has created in whatever format, it speaks to you on a subconscious level. And that level is very healing and it, it's joy inducing. So if you can, you know, get out to a market, go to a gallery, check out whatever you can where artists are. And it doesn't have to be big money. I always tell people this, you know, sometimes there are artists out there that are just happy to paint and want to have their work in the world. So having those beautiful pieces of someone's soul hang in your wall, it really adds something that no one else's space could have. They're often one of a kind and it's always got a story to tell. And it's always a wonderful thing when you have someone in the home to share that story with. So I can't speak enough about art. It is truly the best. And it's so subjective, like the things that you're talking about, you know, the National Geographics that are artfully arranged or whatever else it is in your home that brings you joy. 
Well, you know what's interesting too is that this this also becomes subjective too is lighting because how you light the home adds to coziness too. And what type of light fixtures you hang and where it distributes light is a really powerful way to create coziness but also to really make a room feel good. So I'm a big fan of, of lamps everywhere, lighting up all four corners. And then if we're thinking about that centerpiece in the room, we're thinking about the earrings on a really great outfit. You know, you're thinking of the room as your wardrobe and then the centerpiece, you know, that's hanging in the middle on top of your dining room is that really great pair of chandelier earrings. So how we're choosing to assemble things and how we're, you know, implying our own emotional juxtapositions to the things we collect in our lives based on how we respond to them and feel about them really makes a home your own. And that's the stuff I always tell my clients, stop looking at Pinterest, stop looking at magazines, because you really want your home to be an expression of who you are. And once again, you're talking about something that doesn't have to cost a mint. Absolutely not. I'm known for my thriftiness. And it's not because I don't like to spend on beautiful things. It's that there are so many important places to spend on a home and with little things that become pretty items, those don't always have to cost a mint. And we don't have to spend a lot of money to have a beautiful life. As a designer, you kind of get known that if you do what I do for a living, you have to have a lot of money to work with a designer to live that kind of lifestyle. And it's not the case. Yeah, that always shied me away from calling in a decorator. I thought that I was going to have to buy, you know, an $8,000 urn or something to put in the front hall. But you're saying, no, not so. Well, I walk into a space and I'm letting the space tell me what it wants to be and what it wants to have within it. And we are all people that can't see the forest from the trees. You know, we, mm. we hate our own living rooms. We think everything has to go. We have a closet full of clothes and we hate everything that's in it. Um, but my take on design and art and life is that we need to view what we have with fresh eyes and look at what we have as more of a shape versus something that we've sat on for a really long time. If it can be repainted or reupholstered or put in a different room and maybe serve a different purpose or have a different use, you can fall back in love with these things again. And that's how effectively as a designer, you start saving money because you're not buying as much furniture. You're just shifting it around. Coming up, Tiffany Pratt talks working in a circle, clutter, and staging. But here's a reminder that there's a way to shine a spotlight on the charities and causes closest to you. And that's through two words, Realtors Care. Those words are a national guiding principle celebrating the great charitable work done by Canada's realtor community. You help raise awareness by sharing your story using hashtag Realtors Care on your favorite social media platforms. As a stager, you probably did have a few key pieces that you absolutely loved. First of all, let me ask you this. When you worked with realtors, did you generally stage using the furniture and the pieces that the homeowners had? Or did you have a couple of go-to pieces that you always brought in, Tiffany? What was your plan? Or was there never a plan? You just went in and kind of intuited it. Erin, this is a great question. Because every home was very different. And I did have to intuit every space because... Um, 
Some homes needed lots of work. Some homes just needed a little sprinkling and some homes needed an overhaul because you're trying to build a perception of a home when someone comes in to buy it. They need to envision themselves there. Mm -hmm. So if things had too much of a particular style, it would deter certain people of a certain other style from buying it. So my job was to create um, a home that spoke of the home's you know, different time frame because it's not always going to be a new build or an old home. You have to work with what the home actually is. So I would keep key pieces. I would bring in some newer ones. But I have to tell you, there was one time I walked into a home. It was an older woman that lived there. She had been living there since the 50s. She had redone the home between 1950 and 1975, and it had never been touched again. And she took such great care of all of the fixtures, furnishings, and the space that it looked like you were trapped in a museum. Mm. And everything was original. And it was spectacular. So when I was told to stage this home, I said, I'm absolutely not touching anything. Wow. So you bring someone in, and they have to appreciate everything as it is. There's no way of changing this. So every home has a message to share. And I think my job and what I've learned over the years as a designer, my job is to listen and then to sometimes add or strip away in order for the space to be of best use for that particular couple, person, or family. You talk about possibly stripping away, and that brings us to something that, of course, Marie Kondo became such a household name of just getting rid of stuff. Does it bring you joy? Pitch it. What impact can clutter have on our mental state in your experience, Tiffany? It's huge. People don't realize that everything we have, everything is everything, we're coming back to it. So when we have piles of something that just accumulate in certain corners or on our dining room table... It's holding energy in that space. It's unattended to energy. So when I go over to someone's house that's they've, you know, feverishly been trying to clean up all the surfaces because guests are coming over and they slam things in drawers and in cupboards, that's not cleaning. Cleaning is literally pulling everything out, looking at what you have, witnessing it, if it serves a purpose or not, if it adds to your life or subtracts it. And that is you know, the process of elimination. And then when you go to, you know, move back into that space we've redone or move to that new home, we're not bringing old practices of not witnessing our old habits of collecting clutter and not tending to our things. We get really mindful of what comes in and what goes out and where it goes and building homes for the things that we have. Because that is effectively the foundation of good design. Tell me about the working in a circle that you say you like to do. Explain that for us, would you, Tiffany? I work both commercially and residentially. So when I'm working in a space, especially high traffic areas in larger homes or homes with families, blended families, um, or in a cafe or a space that people frequent, I want to make sure that there is very intuitive pathways for anyone who's coming into the home to do what they need to do naturally. And those pathways often, when they're feeling good, appear in circles for me. So an energetic pathway that goes in circles throughout the house means that people can get out in and around any one space or piece of furniture at any time effortlessly. So when I'm thinking of feng shui, we're thinking of 
building a room with furniture that isn't in the middle of doorways where we're stubbing toes or walking into the corners of furniture or knocking into things because all that spoils that circular chi that I'm talking about in a room. So when I'm talking to my clients about furniture placement or where things need to go, not only does it look aesthetically pleasing, but it feels good when you're designing in the round. Next up, Tiffany Pratt discusses getting rid of things in a way that's gentle to the planet and her beef with TV. Spoiler alert, it hampers connection. You can stay connected through creacafe.ca. It's your reliable source for all things real estate, from the latest news and stats to legal matters and advocacy updates. Stay connected to the world of Canadian real estate on creacafe.ca. You're talking about natural, and you mentioned that word there. Let's go to the next step of natural and talk about green or natural materials and how they can play a role in boosting our well-being. Natural is not only a big thing and super hype right now, but it actually becomes something when we strip it all down that makes us feel the best because it's always those silent killers that we're not thinking about. Um killers of energy, killers of joy, when we're smelling things that aren't um, making us feel happy, or we're in an environment that we just we can't put our finger on that one thing that's not right. So when I'm thinking of green, I'm always talking about, you know, as a designer, when we strip things out, are we doing it mindfully? Are we mindful of how we're stripping off wallpaper, old paint, tearing things down? What's becoming airborne? What kind of paint are we using? Um, ventilation, open windows. I can't say enough about the power of just opening up your front door and your back door, any windows to get circulation. Um, air purifiers are just the best. I have two of them rolling in my old place all the time. Um, you know, cleaning products for that beautiful furniture we've painted or we've purchased, you know, using something without a heavy chemical so that when we're smelling it, it's better for ourselves and our furry friends. Um, it's really just endless the amount of things we can do, even just with going down to the beach or going to a weird corner store and picking up a plant. We bring that rock from the beach home or we bring that really beautiful spider plant put in the corner. All of these things imbue the home with an energetic energy. Um, you know, it's a grounding force that we need to bring that really makes us feel alive and at home. And it's also taking the next step once the renovations have been completed, working with cautious tradespeople, making sure you know where this stuff is going when it leaves your home as well. This is my one of my favorite topics right now because, you know, it's a wasteful business that I'm in. And it's really wonderful when everything just magically disappears. But the question is, where is it going? And it needs to be a diversified waste removal service that we're calling upon province to province where we're finding out who in the most effective and conscious way can remove whatever building materials, paints, you know, old appliances, toilets, um, chemicals. There's so much that we need to think about when we're um, purging and we're cleansing our home or we're renovating or we're starting anew. Um, it's not just a matter of stripping it down and it's good for us and see, see you later old stuff. Um, 
Oftentimes I'm really mindful if I'm ripping out old cabinetry or things I know someone could use again. It may not be my taste, but certainly if I tear it apart or take it out in a great way, someone can reuse it. So this is all valuable stuff for anyone out there who's looking to make small or large changes to their home is really make sure you're doing your homework on the final step of where the stuff is going so it's in the right hands and we're being kind to our planet. Speaking of the planet, the days are getting longer, we're getting more light, and it just shows in such a concrete way how much that means to our spirit. What can we do to bring more of that energetic light to us, literally, metaphorically, once again, in our homes, Tiffany? Well, we have to really tune into the things that bring us joy. And it's not always the stuff that appears in magazines or looks a certain way, but it's the things in our life that make us feel a certain way. So if it's, you know, a music room or if it's getting rid of that old armchair in the corner that's not doing anything and applying a new surface for ourselves or our spouse or our children to create on, in the end, it's these creative urges, these places where we can go to get lost in something that we love to do outside of television. Um, and it could be anything, really, but it's to create space for creativity, for play, and for joy. We can turn all the lights on in the house and really inspire some play. Because play is what makes us feel joy. And so to almost restore ourselves to our childlike center is to then create spaces that help us let that part of ourselves emerge. So in the end, yes, it is darker, but when the doors are shut and you're surrounded by colors and tidiness and beautiful sounds and beautiful light doing the things you love, you don't really notice what's going on outside. You mentioned television there, and I couldn't help but remember the podcast we did to kick off 2021. And designer Stephen Sabados told us that the sales of enormous screen TVs went through the roof in 2020 because so many people were at home, safe at home, not stuck at home. And of course, we're turning to their televisions for diversion or entertainment or whatever. You're not a big fan of the elephant in the room, are you? <laughs> I'm not. And it's not the best thing to confess, may I say, Erin, as a television personality. But I have to tell you, as a designer... Um, that loves color in light, bright spaces. When I'm trying to accommodate the gigantic black rectangle in the room, which is the television, it is like putting a deep, dark vortex in a space. And unless I can then in turn paint something else in a nice dark shade that offsets it and gives that television a buddy, I tell anyone that will listen to me in all my wild ways that okay, I understand the need for a little entertainment and a little uh, reason to get lost. We all love it. But put it in a place that's not in a central high traffic area of the home, in a basement or in a small entertainment room where you go to for a few hours and then you reemerge and get back to your life. Because what I find is that television becomes that life suck that takes the time away from the day where you could be going through those piles of things or repainting that chair or tuning into your joy or playing that music or doing your cross stitch. We just go for the, it's like the lowest hanging fruit, which is, you know, turning on that clicker, watching something that's going to make us feel better instantly. So anyone out there that's listening to me, I don't hate television, but I do think 
it needs to be um, used wisely. Can I just tell you that when we had a cottage overlooking Lake Simcoe and it was all windows, we had a cheap fabric print on a frame that I would place in front of the TV screen for, you know, most of the day until the evening so that it didn't own the room. And I took a fair bit of ribbing about that, but I totally subscribe to what you're saying. And here, where we overlook the ocean here on Vancouver Island, my fantasy is to have a TV that drops down from the ceiling. Ain't going to happen. But, uh, I mean, the people upstairs, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But I would love that idea so that it's only there when you need it. It's, it, it'd be a wonderful luxury. I'm a creative person, and I moved into the space I've been living in now. I live um, down by Lake Ontario here in the beach and in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I love being down by the water and listening to the waves, and I love my, the old place that I live in. And when I moved in, I listened to the building and its weird old bones, and I never moved a television in, and I haven't had one since, and it's been 13 years. Wow, there's this woman on HGTV named Tiffany Pratt. She's really good. You should look for her. (laughs) Good thing we can see you online. Well, at least you know I don't watch myself on TV. Yeah, okay. I believe you. I believe you. We're back to Tiffany in a moment. Flow, function, and building a beautiful life piece by piece that's yours alone. If you're enjoying this episode, please be sure to subscribe to our channels on Spotify, Apple, and Stitcher to stay up to date on future guests and stories. Once again, here's Tiffany Pratt on Real Time. You're in the beaches in Toronto. I'm on Vancouver Island. You have toured Canada numerous times. Is there a thread that you have been able to sort of sew this great land together in terms of our design desires, if you will? I think when I have done the home show tour, the multiple times that I have, I've been so lucky to speak, you know, province to province, person to person, and really discover what's out there, what kind of homes people are living in, what kind of circumstances they're living in, um, what snack bracket they live under with finances. And it doesn't matter where you live, how old you are, what your style is, you know, what your capabilities are with DIY, how much money you make, anybody can transform anything in their life with paint. And I, I really believe that there needs to be sustainable, easy, accessible ways for all of us to access a beautiful life. And when we can do something so easy as painting something, our walls, our doors, our furniture, our floors, our ceilings, anything really, with our own two hands... We're imbuing that with our love, we're taking time to do it, and we're really transforming the space or the object, and it makes us feel good. So no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what kind of space you live in, there is really no end to the message I can share of the power of paint. The power of paint is truly endless. I love that message. And it doesn't have to be expensive. And if you don't like the color, you paint over it. Nothing is permanent. And it really does speak to the title of your book, This Can Be Beautiful, which really, Tiffany, needs to be re-upped because this message is more timely than ever. And you share projects to help beautify your home, wardrobe, beauty routine, travel style, and more. Uh, How does it relate to our homes? You know, why I wrote This Can Be Beautiful is because it was sort of my love note to the world to say that anything that you can truly look at, touch, 
see that you've collected in your life, this table, this light, this dress, this toilet paper roll, this newspaper, truly anything can be beautiful. If we reimagine it and look at it, we have it all. We're a culture that thinks that we need to constantly, you know, buy and accumulate and everything we need is external and it's not internal. And the book is is a call to action to basically say you have everything you need and stop looking at things for what they are and look at them for what they can be. And This Can Be Beautiful was created as sort of a lifestyle book, not just for the kids and for the crafters at heart, but for the everyday person to understand that through the use of their own two hands, they can build a beautiful life piece by piece. And when we create, we use our own two hands, we use what we've got, we're not only saving money, we're being imaginative, we're accessing our creative spirit, but we're also building a life that looks like only ours and no one else's. And that is a true gift in this world. And I've always felt that you didn't need a lot of money to have a beautiful life. And this book is an invitation to do that and to really appreciate what you have and to celebrate it by making it better. And how important are things like flow and function now that our homes have just become everything is everything, to quote you. They are all things to all people. Homes have always needed to be, you know, hardworking, but never as hardworking as they need to be now. Mm -hmm. And space is truly at a minimum for a lot of families that are homeschooling or have ailing parents moving in or, you know, you're downsizing, whatever it is, everyone has found themselves in a new circumstance. And with new circumstances comes great change. And uh, one of the greatest tips of advice I've ever uh, shared with anyone that's looking for a way to accommodate more activity within one space is to take everything out of that room and look at it in a new way without everything you used to have and do in that room. Because when you strip it out and you think, okay, I need a space for my children. I need a space for my parents. I need a space for me. I have to put a desk here. You start to look at fun, malleable ways to work for walls. And that's what I'm recommending to anyone out there right now is that it doesn't all have to happen on the dining room table. That's what everyone's doing. Now the dining room has been like taken and forsaken for all of these secondary purposes. And I say, gone with the formal living room, gone with the formal anything. Let's have fun in our space and have the space work with us and not against us. It's time to get rid of that old lumpy couch, bring in the fun big work table, bring in the ping pong table, whatever it's got to be, and make the family feel like they fit. One of my favorite things, and I never did bring it into our lives, although my husband would have loved it, is the pool table that converts into a dining room table. I mean, talk about form, <laughs> function, and fun. Oh, my gosh. What a great idea. But why not? I mean, this is what go I'm sick of seeing everything be so status quo and to the letter and by the book and things we see because in the end, we're all very different people and we all see this world very differently. So why should our homes all look the same? Yeah. Why is all the fun stuff stuck in the basement? Yes. I don't understand it. I think the whole home should be fun and a reflection of the people within it. And there are so many incredible weird, wonderful things that each person in a home can bring to the table and bring to the overall design. Like, let's celebrate the weird climbing equipment. Let's stack up the weird, you know, 
collectible junk items that your wife loves. Let's really celebrate the things that we love instead of tucking them away or throwing them in a garage. You know, this is the thing about design. It's not about having to go out and get high style stuff. It's about looking at everything we do in our life as art. Yeah. And as you've said, instead of how things look, more about how things feel. And I also love that while you're trying to stay within a budget too, customizing for a hardworking organizational investment like uh, Murphy beds and that sort of thing too, you're all in favor of that. Yeah, I if I'm going to spend on anything, it's always going to be on custom storage, cabinetry, anything that gives me more floor space. So if I can have a hardworking built-in that has a flip-down top that becomes a desk or has a flip-down um, screen that conceals a television that also has another little spot that a bed pops out of, I'm all about it, even in a large space, because effectively floor space is what we all need to play, to move to move effortlessly through our homes and to really make the space work for us. So anyone out there that's looking for a place to spend, I, I can't say enough, find a beautiful tradesman or a custom cabinetry person and really see what you can do by putting, you know, really effective, properly designed for what you have built-ins in the home. And you don't have to have an entire meditation room or I remember the story of the billionaire's wife in Los Angeles, Candy Spelling, who had her own wrapping paper room. And that was just the ultimate. You can have your pocket. You can have your little place that is special to you, even if it is just a tiny altar and a a candle and a pillow for meditation and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I I think sometimes we stop doing the things that are good for us because we've built it in our head to be too complicated. And so if we don't, you know, carve this Zen retreat for ourselves in some beautiful corner with crystals and incense burning, we're not going to be able to meditate because we don't have our special meditation corner. Or if we don't have this perfect art room or this perfect music room or sports space. And I often think um, the greatest things... The biggest ahas, our most wonderful moments of Zen occur in our everyday lives where we can access it at any time without anything fancy because that's how we live. We're not always going to be home sitting on that meditation pillow. So if you find a spot on your sofa by your dining room table, you don't need the crystals, you just need a moment to yourself. And that's where when we can organize our homes and give everyone a space where they feel represented They can be busy and we can have our moment to ourselves just to close our eyes for 10 minutes and take a deep breath and listen to the thoughts that are running through our minds and find some peace. Um, And I'm all for creating beautiful nooks in the home, but don't let it stop you from having the thing you want to have. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be accessible. I love this time that we have spent together today, Tiffany, and I know that everybody listening to this podcast has as well. There's so many takeaways, and the thing that resonated most clearly with me was clearing everything out and taking a look at the space. The status quo doesn't have to be, and if this is a year of change and growth, then it starts with us and it starts in our homes. I just love that. Well, we have a lot. We can shop in our homes and put things in new places and we don't have to go out there. We all have so much. So um, I implore anybody out there just to celebrate what we have, be grateful for what we have, look at our four walls as a brand new space and try to bring in the fun. Yeah. Is that how you're hoping to define 2021? 
You know, 2021 for me is going to, I'm all about the fun and the color always, because I think um, that's always a personal mission for me is to always try to find the joy and the fun in what I'm doing, because I'm a human just like everybody else, you know, trying to dig for the things that I love. But this year is about inside out. And I think it's about feeling less about what things look like, more about what things feel like, you know, vulnerability, um, being completely transparent, communication, treating others the way that we want to be treated, all of that really makes a life. So outside of, you know, the beautiful trimmings to our home, you know, it's the people around us in our homes, outside of our homes that we are subject to. And we want to be as good as we can to our fellow man and to ourselves. So that's what this year is all about for me is to be as good to myself and others as I can. Ah, well, thank you for making our lives a little more colorful, certainly more joyful, so much to think about. And I look forward to checking out your podcast, The Love Jam, too. Aw, thank you, Erin. <laughs> My pleasure, our pleasure. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for being with us here today. An absolute treasure and a pleasure for me. I was so excited to be on this podcast and speak with you today. And you are such a joy. So thank you again for having me on. And um, I hope we can do it again. Me too. Thank you to Tiffany at TiffanyPratt.com for the great conversation. And just adding a splash of pink to our podcast. Don't miss episode 14 when our guest will be realtor and TV host of By Herself and Property Virgins, Sandra Rinamato. She's going to be great. Meantime, for more realtor resources, be sure to visit Priya.ca. This podcast is produced by Rob Whitehead for Real Family Productions and Alphabet Creative. I'm Erin Davis. Talk to you again next time on Real Time.